On this week's episode of The Fizz, we talk about what it was like to be bopping around Eastern Market for the home opener in an electric atmosphere in Detroit. After that, we talk about the Lions' week two loss at Seattle. We touch on what was going on around the rest of the NFL. We make our NFL picks. And then after that, we talk about an unfortunate dog story involving David Montgomery in Gross Point Shores. We do a dog draft. And then we do our over-under which is a very silly over-under. But before we get into all of that, I want to talk about our main sponsor, which is Vosa. The RTD Vodka Beverage has just hit shelves this summer in a big way. If you haven't tried Vosa yet, go give them a try. They have vodka waters if you don't like carbonation. And then if you do like a little carbonation and a little more flavor, go try their Highline, which is 7% alcohol by volume. Vosa, enjoy the finer things. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of The Fizz. Thank you all for joining us. We are recording on Wednesday, September 20th. You are listening to this on Thursday, September 21st. I am with the main men, Ice Cold Brew Lou. How we doing, brother? Can you hear me? Oh, wait, you're oh, audio. Yeah, I can now. It you can now? For a second. You good? <laughs> can you hear me? I'm I'm here, yeah, I'm live. Okay, cash, cash. All right, we're here. We are like pause for a hot sucker. Okay, all right. I'm live, baby. Relaxed. All right. The boys are all remote today, so uh, you know, we're we're testing out some new remote equipment. Uh Lou's first time on it, so obviously a couple of hiccups. But he's here, he's chilling, he's fine. I'm also here with Channy football. How we doing, my brother? We're doing good. Still recovering from the weekend, the game, but we've got a lot to look forward to this weekend. Oh, amen. Okay, so as you may know, if you follow Champagne on the socials, uh, the whole Champagne crew was out at tailgate, home opener. We're going to jump right into the game. But before we do the game, let's talk about that tailgate. The boys were there at about 10, 15, would you say 10, 15, 10, 30 in the morning? Somewhere uh, in there, yep. At Eastern yeah. Market, and the place was absolutely buzzing. Buzzing. Should have been there at 10, but... You know, we had a little cameraman had to take a little dookie beforehand, so we <laughs> buzzed in a little late. <laughs> yes, that's true. So we all huddled up at uh, HQ. Um, we're getting everything prepped to go. Mike, producer Mike, had uh, all the equipment packed up. We're getting on the birds and the limes and the fucking mogos, whatever whatever your weapon of choice was to get down Downloaded there. like three different apps to try each different scooter out to make sure it had battery. Yeah, I dumped like 30 bucks into each one of them. Like got hit with another like a hundred dollar tab <laughs> on one day. And then as we're getting ready to go, producer Mike's telling us like he's got IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. And he's like, absolutely has to shit now. Like there is no questions. He needs to go take a dump. So we had to leave him. We had to leave him in the dust and he had to catch up with us later. But other than that, uh, pretty uh pretty seamless first tailgate it was it was you know what first game for me in five years and it was a way different feel I mean everyone was in a great mood it almost felt like a holiday like 
I know it was opening weekend, but it felt like opening day for the Tigers down at Eastern Market this past weekend. It was a great mood. Everyone was really welcoming, too. I mean, obviously, we were walking around, and I didn't know if we were going to get footage or how much footage or what type of interaction we were getting, but it was so much fun, had a lot of fun, um, and I just thought, uh, you know, this this can't be the only tailgate that we do as a crew this year. It's got to be a weekly thing. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, Chandler. And this was probably like maybe the fifth home opener that I try to make it. I know, Frank, you kind of do the same thing, but I try to make it a regular thing to, you know, hit the home opener because in years past, it's like this team probably is going to stink. So I want to make sure that I at least get one home game under my belt. And this was definitely by far, especially compared to last year when we played the Eagles in the home opener, the city was absolutely buzzing. I mean, my one of my favorite parts about Eastern Market was half the people there just went by a nickname, whether it was the Pilgrim, <laughs> whether it was Lion Eyes, whether, Dude. whether it was the Crack Man. Dude. I mean, nobody went by their actual government name. No, no, no. There were no <laughs> real names. And I actually wrote all the ones down I could remember. So we met, and let me know if I'm missing anybody here, but we met the Tub Gators, we met the Pilgrim, we met Ms. V, we met Lion Eyes, we met Detroit Cardon, we met the Lion Kings, uh, we met Smokey the Dog. Who is that guy? You said Crank or Crunch? What the hell is his name? The, oh, the Crack Man. Yeah, the Crack Man. We met Crack Man. Then we met the whole bl- the Blue Crew. We met Yes, we met the entire Blue Crew. We met the Predator. Um, and, and then we also met, uh, they, they didn't have names, but there was two people with an IV uh, injecting themselves. <laughs> and the IV. smoking baby. Don't and forget the smoking, the smoking baby. baby. Yes. And we met the smoking baby. That was incredible. Baby. Yes. And I couldn't agree more. And, and you said it exactly right, Lou. Uh, I go to the home opener every year because obviously the Lions haven't been good like in our entire life. It's the most anticipated season, but you go to that first game because number one, you get the nicest weather. Number two, you get the highest and best attitudes there is. And even, even for yourself, like you're just going in like, fuck it, it's home opener. And then the weather gets shittier, the team gets shittier and you, and you watch it all, you watch it all at home. Um, But this year, without a doubt, um, compared to the last couple of years, like there's always like, like a silly excitement every year, like whether like kind of like almost like a, like a sarcastic excitement. Like, here we go. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid and it's actually like, you're like, I don't know, maybe they could do some things. And people are like laughing at you. And this year it was totally like, no, we have a real fucking team and we're going to beat the doors off Seattle. And we actually believe that granted it didn't turn out that way, but the energy was fucking just electric during that tailgate. Yeah, it was absolutely buzzing down there. By far, like, the one of the craziest I've seen from, like, a tailgate standpoint. And I, I usually don't do the Eastern Market tailgate. I'm usually over by Greek Town, walking around the tents over there, a little more, like, of the bar scene, I guess you could say. And it was awesome to, like, get back to Eastern Market. And, like, at the end of the day, that's, like, the roots of the fan base <laughs> there. Like, that is the foundation, the tree, the trunk. The leaves are hanging out at the bar. But the roots in the trunk, they're at Eastern Market. Dude, it feels like Detroit. Like, it feels like very, very Detroit there. Like, yeah. and that's where, and it like, was fucking lawless, dude. Like, yeah. you were walking around with beers open handed right by the cop, like, buying them from the guys in the cooler on the corner, yeah. waving at people. Like, fuck drinking them. Like, being like, like, I, that was funny when we bought that beer. I'm like, you guys think this is cool? And it's like, a guy just sold it with cash out of a cooler to you. Like, that is much more illegal than, like, an open an open container. Yes. 
Dude. Awesome stuff, man. I mean, the tailgate was fucking incredible. Just bottom line. Yeah. So, so for those of you who haven't seen it, we got a whole like four minute video up on all all the channels. Um, I'm still chopping clips up from that thing. There's there's clips on that that we're gonna have have for a long time. But um, I mean, just to meet all those people and like the blue crew and like there is truly like is that I'm sh- I know there are some fan bases that truly have all those characters and all that but there's no way like all of them do and the fact that the lions have been so bad for so long and you still have those type of people who have spent that amount of money how about the guy showing me the patches on his jacket and like oh he was so proud of that jacket dude. so proud of that fucking jacket and like those people are just like salt of the earth like all they want is their lions to be like mildly good and it's like we just have they haven't even been able to to fucking like deliver. They're like I've been a season ticket holder for 25 years. I've been a season ticket holder for 30 years. It's like, are you fucking sick in the head? <laughs> well, that's what I was about to Lou. Like, I'm surprised how many people were 20 plus year ticket holders for how bad they've been for that duration and how like energetic and excited they like I, most of the people I know that have been around the team forever are just beat to hell. Like these people were ready to yes. rock. Yes, dude. Oh my God. Talk to my, like, talk to my dad. And he's just like <laughs> over it. Like he's just, he's just like downtrodden and like, he's just so like jaded about the whole fucking experience. And like, but these people like truly have like the disease. Like they're just, I mean, maybe we do too. I mean, hell it's like, not like we weren't out there all fucking, like we had masks on and fucking a hundred degree <laughs> heat. It's not like we were like fucking sipping tea and being polite out there. No, Frank was no. cutting weight for a fight wearing the turtleneck and the mask. I mean, the guy was dripping. <laughs> I got bad weather news, man. Weather podcast. I got bad weather intel. It was they fucking. They, they like made it sound like it was going to rain and be overcast all day. It was like sunny and fucking 75, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, like just like the receptiveness. So that was the first time we've done a man on the street, anything. And that was like the most receptive I couldn't believe how excited people were to like talk to us and follow us around and like just scream into the microphone. Like, I'm curious how that's going to be, you know, if we're fucking two and six and it's the middle of fucking, you know, October, November. Um, I don't even want to think like that, but um, yeah, don't talk like that. Yeah, Frank. That's, no, it's I don't believe that's going to be the case. But uh, but yeah, I'm just everyone was like so fucking excited. They were, and everyone was like super nice and they were down to fucking talk, tell their story, talk shit, feed, they fed us. The one guy with the tendered steak, the guy was just feeding me straight from the, uh, from the tongs, dude, (laughs) tongue to mouth. Yeah. And and then the one guy gave us the Kool-Aid who like, we asked, you got Kool-Aid from the, from the other lady with the mask as well too, right? Uh, Oh, I just, yeah, Ms. V. I I just held her drink. I wouldn't dare take a sip of, I wouldn't, I didn't get permission to take a sip of that. And I wasn't talking. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, but. uh, It wasn't Kool-Aid, it was tequila. Yeah, she, she reprimanded us very quick on that. And the the Kool-Aid though, that the guy gave us, I just thought that was like pretty funny. Cause like, we're like, what is this? You know, stranger on the street, you know? Yeah. And he's pouring it out of this unmarked thing. It's like, that could have just been like a tub of like GHB. Like we could have just got date rape drugged like right there like no questions asked but uh yeah he didn't didn't tell us what it was he just said it was like loyalty and grit (laughs) (laughs) oh 
Yeah. Who was your? Uh, who would you say your like highlight person of the tailgate was? Oh, highlight person. I mean, the Tubgaters were absolutely insane. The the Pilgrim calling himself the Pilgrim, I thought was was abs- that was incredible. Was absolutely like hilarious. Uh, it's hard for me to say. I thought our boy. Uh, I keep forgetting Crackman. Yeah, Crackman kind of brings like the best energy. It's like that old man, like gritty, like assembly line kind of kind of mentality. So I really like working at the Ford plant. Just put Chandler's truck together. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I really like that smoking baby. I kind of me and him were kind of boys. So I'll go with smoking. I like the uh, I like the guy who was probably in his mid 20s humping the mic saying Pete Carroll was taking dick, you know, uh, doing the degenerate tracks. Yes, the DX chopping the socket into the mic. I think that was my MVP for the the weekend tailgate. That was awesome. And then he was yelling about Obama's first term in 2005. It's like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I think he. I think he. I think he just. I think he was making reference but, to how long Pete Carroll had been uh, taking it or sucking dick or something like that. that. That was a guy who, uh, you know, he's got an internship somewhere that he woke up, found that video and was like, Oh God, what have I done? <laughs> I hope my boss doesn't see this. <laughs> no, he didn't give a fuck. My favorite would have to be, uh, that little chubby 10 year old yes. that we bombarded, <laughs> and he was, uh, I forgot what he said, but he was like, we're going to beat him up. Go Lions! He roared. He roared for and us. And he was flexing and roaring. He his rocked. dad's like, Billy, is everything okay over there? He's like, shut the fuck up, dad. <laughs> he was, he rocked. And when he did, he gave the score and he goes, uh, it's going to be Lions 31, Seahawks f- 7. Roar! Go Lions! I was like, dude, we're not losing this game. We're not yeah. losing this game. Um and I really, yeah, I just, the amount of predictions, the amount of blowouts we thought, like, uh, I thought we just had it in the bag. Thought we absolutely had it in the bag. Um, so do you want to talk about going to the actual game now? Are you, are you back? You, you froze up on us a little bit. <laughs> you there, froze right? up a little bit on us. Oh, Frank. no. Oh, okay. I don't know why it's not. Maybe it's because we got three guys going this time, so it's not as, not as strong, but... Uh, uh, I was just basically saying, do you guys want to – let's talk about going to the game. Let's talk about the game now. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, I mean, I think we can all agree. We we got into the stadium. I think when we got in, it was probably quarter to one. It was 15 minutes prior to the game. I don't know if there was 100 seats not filled at that point in time. There was every seat filled. It was Honolulu blue. There were more lime green security shirts than lime green Seahawks shirts. Um, the energy was insane from the opening kickoff to the first play. You couldn't hear yourself think. I mean, I don't think we sat down more than 20, 25% of the game, and no one around us did either. It was just one of those games where you stood the whole game. The energy was there. It was it was fun. I know we didn't win, but that atmosphere, if you can replicate that, not only just for the Lions, but any sporting event you go to, that's what it's about. But we had a blast. Obviously, there were things that happened during the game that I know you guys can touch on. But all in all, like I've been to a couple big games at Ford Field now. Giants Monday night, Jets Monday night, 
Broncos Sunday night, this by far was the loudest and most energetic and best energy I've personally ever seen in Ford Field. Yeah, I agree, Chandler. And like everyone who sat around us was was awesome because like you said, we were standing up screaming fuck and dumbass and <laughs> bitching at every single call possibly made. And everyone around us is just slapping hands. They're like, are you guys like season ticket holders? Because you should, should you should sit here every Sunday for the home games. Yeah. Um, and dude, I mean, like walking into the stadium, it was fucking electric. Like you couldn't even move. Once you got close to, uh, what's that bar across the street from Ford? Elwood. Elwood, yeah. Once we got, like, down that strip of Elwood, it was literally fucking elbow to asshole. People just having the best time, dude. Tin roof was exploding by the roof. I'm surprised the building didn't fucking collapse. <laughs> like, it was it was electric, dude. And, and like you said, it was definitely the most rowdy um, I've ever heard Ford Field. Uh, it was fucking such a good time, man. And the only thing that sucked was the fucking loss in overtime really yeah dude i mean i just second everything you guys said just like specific things i remember like walking in the sea of blue the music's going the lasers are going like it's kind of like a smoky atmosphere in there because they got the tunnel shit going and then cj gardner johnson comes out first and he's rocking the fucking mask and that was just like that's when the place to me it was like absolutely vibrating and that was definitely the most electric of a, of a Ford Field Detroit Lions game I've ever been to. With the last few years going to home openers, two years ago we played San Fran. They travel like fucking probably better than any team in the NFL. So there was actually a lot of red there. And that's when the Lions were full gutter trash, like Campbell's first season. Um, mm-hmm. and like that, there was a lot of red, the energy just wasn't like, you know, it was like a joke, like we were 10 point dogs or something like that. Um, you know, it wasn't there Eagles last year, still people weren't too excited about it, uh, for the team. And it was fun, but it was more of like a social event. This one, it was just like locked in dialed in crowd staring at every single play. And when I really discovered there weren't a lot of Seahawks fans there was that was when was the opening handoff to, to Kenneth Walker, and he picked up like 11 yards, and the stadium just went dead silent. Like, that was the moment I was like, oh, this is all Detroit. This is 65,000 deep uh, Detroit Lions fans. And it was, like, so crazy quiet. I thought it was even crazier, like, how quiet it would go versus how loud it would get when Detroit would do something would do something nuts. So I mean, yeah. and I gotta say that the fans were were a hundred percent behind the missed field goal for the Seahawks, multiple offsides penalties. I mean, it was it was buzzing. Yeah, few few false starts. Um, I gotta say, and I said this to you guys during the game, just a couple of game notes. Uh, uh, the infield announcer guy, I I don't know. He sounds like kind of dorky. You know, I don't know who they got doing that, but it was just like, that's another one pride false start. And, <laughs> and I just I just felt like it needs to be just like a really burly, gritty man, like growling yeah. almost. You know, I just like that's we they need to switch that guy out without a doubt. And that's another Detroit Lions first down. Yeah, I wanted to be like like some guy like barking at me. You know, I want him like yelling. At me. I want it to be someone soft. 
That was the most I've stayed in my seat in a game, a Lions game, too, in a really long time. Normally, I'm bouncing around the concourse and stuff like that, but we were I was in the seat for most of that game. Yeah, and by in the seat, you mean standing up in front yes, of your seat. Yes, we were standing too, the whole you know? time. And, yes. like, and, and that was the longest I've ever worn any type of mask for. Like, even in <laughs> Halloween, when I was fucking 12 years old, running around trick-or-treating, like, I think I took that mask off in there for maybe 10 minutes total of the whole entire time we were in the stadium. <laughs> Dude, yes. Dude, the amount of, like, literal shit I was carrying around was, was fucking bonkers. Like, I had the mask going. Every time I put the mask on, the chain would come off. I had to, like, pop the sunglasses on and off. I was like, I just had too much going on. Like, I needed to, like, take shit off of my like head and neck area. I had like way I was trying to eat like a piece of pizza through the mask hole (laughs) and I was fucking nibbling on it like a goddamn fucking bird. (laughs) The super slice Yeah, the super slice Mike is back at the fucking four by six slice and I'm fucking nibbling the corner of it off. Just That was a late round pick of Frank's right there, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? Or was it your second round pick? That was I picked hot dog first overall. Yep, oh, first, okay. and then you did corn dog on the way back. I know, but that uh, no, I, I, I saw a lot slice. of super slices, Frank. Yeah. I think you nailed that with the popularity in your draft last week. I was seeing orange boxes littered throughout our section in the section next to us. It's just like the hot dog is is the best, but it's it's almost like novelty. Like it doesn't fill you up. Like the super slice right. actually has some substance to it. Yeah, the hot dog does nothing for you, especially when you're just like nonstop drinking. <laughs> I actually ended up getting a free pretzel uh, with cheese in like the middle to the end of the third quarter. So I'm in line at the concession in between the and, and le- it was like literally right when they stopped serving booze because I was like, all right, I'm all out of beer. We stopped seeing that guy go up and down the aisles with the bucket. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go grab, a, you know, I might as well get a pretzel while I'm in line. So I get a pretzel, I get the cheese. I'm literally, too, I'm opening the fridge to get my beer out because, you know, it's those self-serve yeah, ones. Yeah. And the lady comes fucking roaring out from behind the corner. Put that down. It's over. No more. So I'm like, fuck. So I put the beer back in there. I just walk out of the line with the pretzel and the cheese. I was like, fuck you. I'm eating this then. Oh, oh so, so you stole it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it depends on you. You, didn't get, it. you, didn't, get a, you didn't get a free one. No, you didn't. You just you stole it. Self incrimination, man. Yeah, like on a recorded line. <laughs> they gave it to me. It was so nice. Though. I was I like, I was like, oh, did she give him a free pretzel? Because booze bag couldn't have another fucking beer. No, he just stole it. He just fucking stole it. Jesus. I got a free pretzel. No, you walked away with a stolen pretzel. Yeah, no, dude, you stole it, man. So it's not free? Yeah, no, man, you stole it. <laughs> I got a free one, Your Honor. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh, man. Oh. No beer, no pay. You're a sick fuck. <laughs> You're a sick fuck. Okay, the game. The actual fucking game. Uh, Lions lose. Lions lose in overtime. Um, the notes I have, they should have won the game fucking 10 different ways. Uh, for me, for a lot of you guys, I know probably uh, really fucking disheartening after halftime. Up seven, up 14-7. Uh, you know, vibes are pretty high. We got a seven-point lead at home, getting the ball back with a top-five offense. And David Montgomery, first play, two seconds into half, fumbles. Seahawks pick it up. They score two plays later. Now we got a whole new game on our hands. 
to me, that was the huge turning point. And then the other one was uh, more on coaching, if you ask me, uh, is when we were up 21 to seven in the third. Campbell goes for it on fourth and two at his own 45. They fail. Seahawks go right down and score a touchdown. We get the ball back, throw a pick six. Now we're down 10 points. To me, those two sequences are very much the fork in the road of where we blew this game. And I think Campbell, of all of that, going for it on fourth and two at the 45 is what I'm most upset about because that was why not just – we have the highest paid punter in the NFL. Why not use him, punt inside the 10, um, and make it a little harder for him with with the lead we already have? I mean, those were the big hits, Frank, and those were obviously huge, you know, swings in the game there. Um, And the one me and you talked about a lot at the game when it happened was the going for it on fourth down at the 30-yard line in the first half. I believe it was fourth and three, maybe fourth and four. It was not a fourth and one or fourth and two. It was several yards. And instead of kicking the 48-yard field goal indoors with an NFL kicker, Dan Campbell decided to go for it, did not get it. And we, we said through the whole game, hey, it would have been nice to have a field goal here. Hey, it would have been nice to have a field goal here. Hey, it would have been nice to have a field goal here. I mean, there's a difference between being aggressive and being reckless, and he coached that game recklessly. He was aggressive in Kansas City. He was reckless week two. I understand that's that's his mantra. However, there's a fine line between being aggressive and using analytics and being reckless and just going off emotion. And I felt that he felt the emotion of the stadium and of the game and kind of lost a little bit of, of control um, during that game. And ultimately, uh, that was the biggest factor to them losing was coaching as a whole, whether it was him and or the defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn. Oh, and I, I agree totally with you guys. And, and the other thing that was frustrating, it's like, you want to play big dick and be aggressive the whole entire game. And then we get the ball. We're driving down three after scoring a touchdown. We make a great play, which was probably one of the most electric plays of the game when we got that sack on third and long uh, that you recorded, Frank. That was fucking awesome. We get the ball back. We drive all the way down. There's 50 seconds left. We have three timeouts, and we don't fucking use any of the timeouts. We let the clock get down to 30 seconds, and we play for the field goal to go to overtime. But you're playing big dick Henry the whole entire game, going for it on fourth and short, going for it in your own and in your own side of the field. But you don't try to score a touchdown to win the game. Like that's kind of disheartening. And and I thought it would get better and easier the longer we got removed from the game. But did you guys hear Dan Campbell double down on it yesterday in an interview on the radio? He no. said, "This is not an end of the game scenario in my mind." That is end of half. That's like we're at the end of the second quarter is how we're playing that scenario. That doesn't make any sense. I don't really the game's over if you win. He, he, I, that, that, that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't make any sense. And he prefaced it with saying, so we know at worst that's what we need to end up with. At best, we're going to get a touchdown. But, but yeah, so the, the argument there and the, the argument I have is like I don't need – I didn't need them – to necessarily go all out for a touchdown, right? Like I didn't need them to run every single play like they needed to pick up 15 or 16 yards. I wanted them to take one shot and they picked up a first down. They were at the like 30 yard line ish 
Yeah, 35-ish, right. Yeah, and they let the clock go from 50 to 25. And that was the time where it was like we had two timeouts, bang one, draw up a play uh, towards the sideline and see if you can't pick up 10 or 15. And if you do, bang the other timeout and either go from there or do your run play and then use the second timeout. And you know what I mean? Like, it, I didn't need them to, like, go all for it. I needed them to take one shot at it. Am I frozen again? Do you guys hear me? Yeah. Not you're back now. Yep. Damn, I don't know why it keeps doing that. Um, I think it recorded me, but basically I just said, like, I just needed them to take one shot. At like from when it right. went from fifty to twenty five, we were moving the ball. It, like you know what I mean. Like it's not like they were like stopping us. Like and, and we have two timeouts. Take a shot down the middle of the field. Get close to the fifteen yard line. You can throw it out of the back of the end zone. Worst case scenario, I don't know. I, I feel like you know we, we already have given up thirty plus points. Do we really want to go to overtime and risk giving them the ball back? It's not like we're playing good on defense. Yeah, and let's just go. Out, yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah. Let's just put it bluntly. Dan Campbell had an absolute brain malfunction at the end of the game. His in-game coaching has not and was not good this past week. And you look at it, just think of this premise. You have three timeouts left inside the 30-yard line with 26 seconds. Like, you couldn't even – you can barely – Get off three timeouts at that point. You don't save timeouts for when you have a short field. You can run up to the line and spike it in five seconds. You don't need the timeouts when you're that close. I'd rather be 50 seconds left with two timeouts. I can run up after a 10 or 15-yard pass if I need to and clock it, if I really have to. Or if I'm inside the 20, I can run up and do that in three seconds. But to be saving those timeouts... It didn't, it didn't make any sense regardless of whether you were playing a second quarter scenario or an end of the game. Like you can't take your timeouts with you. So slow down, use it. Your team was banged up. They needed to catch their breath a little after such a, a crazy fourth quarter. It just, none of it made sense from any time management perspective. Um, as far as an NFL game should be coached. Yeah. And, and, Back to what Pizzo said, like the way he coaches, it double made no sense. The, like we went, we foregoed field goals, we foregoed punting to be a, this aggressive ass team. Um, and then when it was like time to be like mildly aggressive uh, and not to mention you have one of, if not the like safest quarterbacks there is. I do know he threw a pick six this last week, but I kind of think that was on the route Gibbs ran. Um, Mm -hmm. Goff is a very safe quarterback. Um, When he gets in trouble, he gets rid of the ball. He puts it in spots where only his receiver can get it. Um, He's the guy you want to try to take that shot at the end of the game because he's either going to put it where it needs to be or it's going to land safely, you know, harmlessly to the ground. So I fucking hated it. We all fucking hated it. The whole stadium (laughs) hated it. No one understood it. And then you could just feel the collective – doom and gloom when that coin toss hit. I mean, we knew the defense was running ragged. We knew fucking for whatever goddamn reason, we couldn't stop Geno Smith and the passing attack. Kenny Walker was picking up yards. We lose that. We lose that coin toss. We kick it out of the back of the end zone and they go, what? Six plays, nine plays in four minutes. 
easy peasy out, you know, one third down, I think they faced maybe. Yeah, um, one. That was it. And it was like third and two. Yeah. It, like inside the like 15. On our side of the field. Yes. 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 It was, it was, it, it was a pretty easy drive for them for the most part. Yeah. I don't think we had one sack the whole game besides that yes. uh, third down in the fourth quarter, right? Hey, hey, I one up you. I don't think we've had one sack outside of that all season because yeah, right. that is the only sack and it was by a linebacker, not even a defensive lineman. The scheme, the, the schematics of the defense, and we're not going to get too deep into X's and O's, but Frank, Lou, we were looking at each other all game saying, play up on these guys. It was like five yard outs, eight yard outs. So I looked at the passing chart after the game. They had three completions over 15 yards all game. Three completions. That is also not going to help a struggling pass rush, giving them the ability to get the ball out of your hands so quickly. Something had to change. You had to blitz to get the rush so it could get there quickly, or you had to press and make them try to throw it over the top and let our D-line try to get home on them. But when you have a struggling defensive line, you can't play 10, 15 yards off the ball and let them just dink and dunk underneath. And can I add, it looks very early, it's very early, but that Jalen Carter dropping to the Eagles and us trading down looks like a very big black eye on Brad Holmes and what he decided to do. First and foremost, his character wasn't in question besides obviously the huge incident that was at hand. But most, you know, second and more more importantly was his on the game play, what he could do for you on the field, how he could affect this team. We don't have any D-line depth right now. We're out James Houston now. We don't have that second guy to Aiden Hutchinson um, who can help him maybe alleviate some of these double teams. But when Jalen Carter has more pressures than Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, and Aaron Donald through two weeks and more hurries than Quinn and Williams, Micah Parsons, and TJ Watt, you have to start questioning some of the moves we didn't make to get this team better prior to the start of the season. Right. I agree, Chandler. And the, and the bigger problem with that, too, is the two guys that we got in that trade, Gibbs, we've barely used. Ben Johnson makes it sound like we're going to be lining this guy up all over the field, using him in jet motion, using him in the slot, getting him open in open space. Like, we haven't done any of that. And the other guy, Jack Campbell, played awesome in pass coverage against Kansas City. And I think our linebackers went 14 for 14 in like 200 yards that they gave up in coverage against Disley and Noah Fant. Yeah. Why the fuck isn't Jack Campbell in the game, dude? It makes no fucking sense to me on that on pass coverage. Well, in addition, Lou, Jack Campbell's our fastest linebacker. And if we're going to bring pressure, you want your fastest linebackers in the game to get to the quarterback. I don't get it either. I don't understand why he's not playing. I just don't understand a lot of what they're doing with a lot of these young guys who can and probably should be a big part of both our offensive and defensive game plans. Yeah, boys. I mean, I, I mean, it was so it was so frustrating. The most we used Swift in that game was as a decoy on that fourth down when we did the end around to uh, or not the end around, but we did like the sneaky handoff to Amon Ross St. Brown, the misdirection. That's where we use Gibbs the most. And then he did let one slip right through his fingers. Um, he did. We had a perfect angle on that. We thought he could have went for 30 yards. Um, and just to double down on some off-season decisions involving Philadelphia. Whoa, 
uh, DeAndre Swift, I think we could use him right now. Frank. Oh, my God. There you go. You're back. Man, just to double down on some off-season decisions. Yes, just to double down on some off-season decisions involving Philly, like DeAndre Swift. Um, I'm not saying I hated that move uh, or anything at the time, but right now, man, it would be really nice to still have DeAndre Swift on the roster. Oh, you don't want to watch Reynolds run the ball up the middle? I mean, I just, like, (laughs) after him ripping it, and then it's just like – how do we go from having all these backs to now we're down to, you know, the rookie and the practice squad guy? Well, what did they say after the draft? They, a lot of people felt like the Lions took luxury picks. And unfortunately, that is what it's looking like two weeks into the season where you took a running back when you're thin in other places um, and you didn't take a D lineman where you seem to have no D line help outside of an old Charles Harris and uh, a very subpar um, interior defensive lineman. We haven't seen anything from Aline McNeil this year, Arazarike, uh, Broderick Martin, our third-round pick, who we thought was going to be a heavy impact. Pascal was hurt this week. We have had no pressure from the inside. Um, But I don't also want to take the pressure off of Aiden Hutchinson. I want to make the point, and I want to, you know, tell our listeners, hey, Everyone's saying, and I'm hearing a lot, well, he's getting double teamed and he has no help. You're the number two pick. Miles Garrett gets double teamed. Nick Bosa gets double teamed. TJ Watt gets double teamed. Micah Parsons gets double teamed. You get the picture. All these guys were top picks, and that's what happens when you're a top pick. And the good from the average from the great are determined by things like that when you're getting double teamed and when the offensive line is focusing their protection on your side of the line. Yeah, he was – I mean, he right. felt he felt invisible. He felt invisible at the game. And and what's the stat that always comes out? Uh, QB, QB hurries, whatever, yes. whatever that yeah, phantom stat is. Yeah, the worst stupidest stat ever made. He led, the, he led the league in QB hurries or something like that this week. So yeah, yeah, that's what everyone Gino wants to Smith lean on. For fucking forty thousand yards against him. Yeah, yeah, he hurried, yeah, he hurried us into an L. Hurried, <laughs> right. hurried him down the field. Oh, man. man, I know, I know. Well, hopefully, we fix some stuff here this week. That's right. And I come into our barn. You know, I don't want to. We don't. Let's not be huge Debbie Downers, but just a lot of boneheaded mistakes that 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 kept us from winning that game that I think we were in control of, you know, it, it is, it is so nuts though, how from week one beating the chiefs on the road, the excitement going in, and then you have a game like that, everything we just talked about. And then the injury to insult, I guess, if you will, is just Houston going down CJ Gardner, Johnson going down was absolutely killer. I mean, Decker didn't practice today. Kirby Joseph didn't practice today. David Montgomery might Saint be out. St. Brown's day to day. Yep. He's got like, mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully not turf toe. Uh, Vitae went down in that game. Mosley is still not playing. Uh, limited. Uh, Josh Reynolds hurt his groin. Apparently was limited today. Ragnow is just always kind of fighting through some shit. So it was just turf like. Turf toe for a fucking eternity. Yeah. I mean. Like, I don't want to be all negative, and I do think we're going to beat the Falcons uh, this week, but but this sucked. I mean, there is no two ways about it. Like, to lose some of these guys this early after being so high to kind of come crashing down to reality, fucking, it hurt. I've been fucking bumming out for right. a couple of days. 
And, well, and you know, I don't want to what Chandler said too about having luxury picks in the draft. It's like, okay, now we have no one to actually fill needs. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And I don't want to like place the blame on any one person or one thing, but you know, Frank, you did kind of say before week one that if we won week one, we were going to revert to the mean and <laughs> we we're going to come crashing down. And if we lost, we were going to be ready. The up down theory. Don't think I didn't see the clip you posted today. So I don't want to blame one person, but I know we have a lot of people listening to you and now recognizing you on the streets. And I think maybe some of the Lions players took to what you said prior to week one (laughs) and took it a little too much to heart. Yeah, CJ did put my mask thing on his story, so maybe he just fucking went in the locker room and ripped that peck right in half. (laughs) Maybe that's what happened. Yeah, I wish I could be right. with a pair of scissors. I wish I could be right about the shit I bet on as opposed to, like, the stuff my, like, heart is, like, emotionally involved in. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking A. Fucking A. I have a question for you guys. Um, I proposed it. I might have asked you guys, I don't know, kind of Sunday's like a blur. Um, would you have, with everything we did, going to tailgate, being at the game, all the bets we placed, whatever it was, uh, would you have rather, would you trade the two, the two days? Would you trade the wins? Would you rather have lost to Kansas City, like, if we lost 21 to 20? Like, hard-fought game, close game, lose 21 to 20 Kansas City, and then beat the Seahawks at home while we're there, um, you know, and it's you know we're feeling buzzing happy all that. Uh, like, would you would you switch it if you ha- if you had the opportunity? I personally wouldn't because we chased down the Lions all Kansas City game. I won way more on Kansas City than I lost on this game. <laughs> Go right back to the sports book with the answer. Yeah, right. Just sit, strictly um, business for Channy. Betting betting aside, fuck yeah, dude. Like we would uh we we beat a, a Kelsey list. I'm not putting I'm not Mike Tirico in anything, but we beat a Kelsey list and Chandler Jones list team. Like it was a great fought win and Chris Jones. on the road. But our yeah, Chris Jones, but dude, fuck man. That we would have been downtown till midnight if, <laughs> if we won that game. <laughs> you know? If Gibbs would have scored mean, the over if Gibbs scores an overtime touchdown, like we're, we yeah we haven't left like I would still you know and I, and I don't think we've beaten Seattle what like I think they've beaten us five out of the last six times we played them they fucking have dominated I us. think it's five in a row Pizzo I think it's five okay, well, I think it's five in worse. a row yeah I don't I, I I thought I saw one in nine since two thousand against Seattle yeah yeah I mean think of all the games like that you remember they're all L's I think that's just our team yeah. I mean that's just the team that that eats us alive like we don't beat the Seahawks. Yeah. I'm ready to like kind of move on though. Cause it was such yeah. a good day. I don't want to dwell on it and we're just going to beat the fuck out of the Falcons this week. Let's yeah. just, let's just come out and say that right off the rip. Yeah. yeah. Shout out, shout out Tracy Walker, you know, was a starter, got hurt, got replaced, got bumped down the depth chart. And now he's starting again. It's wild how that works. So I'm looking forward for Atlanta Falcons for Tracy Walker to, uh, to have a day kind of get, get back on track. That's what I'm. That's what I'm looking for the most for uh, for Sunday. And, and, and this should be a good day for for Hutch, for Kaminsky, for our linebacking core. It's like Atlanta has Ritter and Pitts, who they don't use, and the rest of it's a three-headed backfield with Bijan, Allier, and uh, Pat and Cordell. You know, so I feel like they're going to try to run the ball. We should be able to stop it, and let's score some points and fucking win this game. Load up the box, make Desmond Ritter beat you as a team. Um, I do think um, 
with how everything went last week with playing Bijan this week, I really do think, I know we, we took him last week, that Jameer Gibbs is going to get featured this week. Yeah. He essentially took Jameer Gibbs over Bijan Robinson by trading back and stating that you wanted a running back. So I think they're going to try to justify their pick a little bit more this week. Um, and the Falcons are unproven. Two home games, they beat the lifeless Panthers in Bryce Young's first start, and they had a great fourth quarter against Green Bay, but three quarters of that game, they played like shit. So I don't think they're much. Um, I don't want to say must win. This is a big game, though, for the Lions. It's not a must win. This is a huge game, though, getting only four days rest and having to go to Green Bay that following Thursday. Two and one going into Green Bay is a lot different than one and two. And on short rest, we know how hard it can be to turn on on that short of rest, especially with a team that's already banged up. So big, big game, close to a must win. Um, they're going to get it done. They're going to get it done. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but and, and just in general, no matter who they're playing, even if they had the fucking Chiefs again, uh, you want to be considered a top five team. You want to be considered, you know, the kings of the north and, the, you know, you're crowning ourselves champions already. Two back-to-back home games um, versus less than opponents. I mean, you got to go one and one. You got to win this game. Yep. I don't. I don't care who the fuck they're playing. Honestly, like you got to defend the fucking den. Uh, you know, we're supposed to have a big home field advantage. They got to win this fucking game. I don't care how banged they, up they are or any excuses that they have. Got to win this game. Yep, I'm with you, boys. Let's fucking let's get it done. What do you guys got? Uh, score predictions for this game. I think they're going to keep it pretty conservative this game. Um, I think the defense is going to have a bounce back because I do think there's a lot of heat on the defense. I believe it's going to be a slower game with all the injuries and uh, with the way that the Falcons play. So I'm going to go Detroit Lions 27, Atlanta Falcons 20. Okay. I uh, I do unfortunately think this game is going to be a little closer than we would like. I have a feeling it's going to be a little uncomfortable, but they're going to get it done. I think it's going to be like something weird. So I'm going to go Detroit 26, Atlanta 23. Okay. I'm pretty close to you guys as well. And I think this game's going to be tight, but I think that we are going to pull through in the second half. We're going to score some points. I like the Lions getting to 28 this game and the Falcons getting to 21. Okay. All right. right. Um, did you write that down, Channing? Yep. Fuck yeah. Um, okay, cool. So I know we were all hanging out Sunday. It wasn't your typical red zone Sunday where we're watching any of the games, but I wanted to see if you guys had any other notes from around the NFL um, before we move into uh, some more loose shit. I'll do a couple quick hits for you. Ready? Ready. Broncos stink. (laughs) They're terrible. Dude, literally number one on my, my notes, I just have Denver is a joke. Denver's a joke. That's a great way to put it. (laughs) Dallas is for real. Um, I think Dallas is the third, possibly the second best team in the NFC this year. And this might actually be the year that they make it to the NFC championship game. So I think Dallas is for real. I think the Broncos stink. And I think Deshaun Watson has had the biggest fall off in anyone's career in NFL history. Um, I will, since you're talking about Deshaun, uh, yeah, he's 
awful and they still owe him, I think, 140 million, um, if not more than that, which is just astronomical numbers I can't even picture. Uh, and I, I will, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the hardest team to watch on the offensive side of the ball. It is. Those Monday night games were brutal. And they are still getting primetime games. Like, they have a Sunday night this week, right? They play the Raiders on Sunday night football this week. Ha. How about this? They play the Raiders on Sunday night, and the Giants play on Thursday night without Saquon Barkley. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> that's insane. Um, other things I need to note, Channy's Super Bowl champions are 0-2 with uh, the Bengals losing to the Ravens. Right where we want them. We got everyone right where we want them. I didn't take them preseason. I got better odds now. This is all part of the plan. That was actually one of my notes, are the Bengals frauds. (laughs) Because they might be fraudulent. Um, And then I don't know if you guys saw the end of that Dolphins-Patriots game where the Patriots did the lateral back to the offensive linemen. And and uh, he caught it like on a spin move, which was absolutely incredible. Like to watch an offensive lineman be that that athletic. He clearly picks up the first down, and they gave him the first on the field, and then they reviewed it and called it not a first down. I just felt like the Patriots got fucking hosed there, and I feel like if a play that unique and that cool happens with that in that time of the game, and it's called on the field. Just fucking keep it. Like, there's got to be someone upstairs being like, hey, should we make the game more exciting? Like, and it, like, literally no one will argue this call because there's nothing inconclusive that says he didn't make it. Like, I don't know why they don't keep that game going. So, uh, that play was fucking bonkers to me. Yeah. I also want to follow up with uh, what I said earlier, Bryce Young. He stinks, and I'm going to follow that up for the rest of the year. He stinks. Baltimore's a wagon. If they didn't lose J.K., that team is fucking dangerous. And uh, I don't think the Titans are going to be as bad as people think this year either. I think the the Titans are not uh, not too shabby. Um, Yeah, we should actually make, like, lists of where people stand. And for my not too shabby, I think the Rams might be not too shabby. Wow. So we got the Titans and the Rams is not too shabby. I got made fun of this year for them, so I'm just going to stick with it because I actually do think they're kind of good. I don't think the Bucks are too shabby. I think they look good, and I think they're going to be an above 500 team still. I mean, Chandler, you picked them to win the, win the division, and they're, they're definitely on the not too shabby list. I mean, who would have yeah. thought? Yeah. This line – uh, for this week, the Monday night game, uh, is that this week? Sometimes I get too far ahead of myself. When yes, it is. Philly uh, Buccaneers. Yeah, it's a four and a half line. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. Baker full unit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man. Um, okay. All right. So uh, let's let's do some picks. Oh, let's do some picks for oh. Sunday. And then – we're going to talk about some other stuff and then get an over-under and close it up. So who wants to lead off with the picks for Sunday? Let me start, Coach. Let me start. Put me it. in, Coach. You got it. All right. I, on, am going, I am going to go with a NFC North team. Mm. And it's a team that we're going to be 
watching a lot of film on this week, and that's the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are at home hosting the New Orleans Saints. Green Bay comes off a loss in which they blew a double-digit fourth-quarter lead. The Saints have scored three, yes, count them, three touchdowns in two games this year and are somehow 2-0. and Derek Carr stinks. The Saints <laughs> offense stinks. The Saints defense is good. They've held opponents to under 20 or 20 or less, excuse me, in the last 10 games, although they're only 6-4 and four in that time span. I think fraud alert are the Saints. Green Bay comes back home. Christian Watson practiced today. Aaron Jones questionable. I think he's going to see some time. I like the Green Bay Packers minus two at home against the Saints. This is more about the Saints being frauds than Green Bay being anything. Give me the pack minus frozen frank over there if you don't mind there we go we're back and uh i'm gonna stay with the uh not too shabby trend and i'm gonna jump on my boys over at tennessee traveling to cleveland getting three and a half points uh we already talked about watson he's looked like shit chubb had one of the nastier injuries i've seen in a long time god bless his knee he seems like such a good dude too i feel for the guy um, but I, I think the Titans are strong right now. They're going to roll in there. They're going to run all over them. Give me Tennessee plus three and a half. Okay. I like it. I had my eye on that one as well. I, yeah, I think it's a little too bad. I think that half point, I think that half point is going to make a difference in that one. Um, okay. I'm pointing at a game, which I think is going to be a pretty damn exciting one o'clock Sunday game uh, between two teams who have underachieved so far this year. And I will argue the loser of this game, their season is dead. Their season is dead. The other one has life if they win this game. The one who loses it is dead. And that is the Los Angeles Chargers going to Minnesota uh, this Sunday, 1 o'clock. Chargers favored at minus 1.5 going to the Minnesota Vikings. Give me the Vikings there at plus 1.5. Chargers are banged up. They're without Eckler. They've had a mess of a season, one o'clock game, West Coast team. I think the Vikings are not going to die on this season yet. I think Kirk's got a little magic in him. Give me the Vikings plus one and a half at home versus the Chargers. Okay. Had that on my sheet, had that on my sheet. So I'm going to have to now use my Monday night pick. And I'm going to quote – the show Star Trek Voyager, in which Captain Janeway said to Naomi Wildman, there are three things to remember about being a captain. Keep your shirt tucked in, go down with the ship, and never abandon a member of your crew. The Bengals are 0-2. A lot of people are hopping off. A lot of people aren't believing in them. Not this guy. Not this guy. Not now. Not in September. Bengals hosting the Rams on Monday night, only giving two and a half. Big game for Burrow. Big game for Chase. Anytime touchdown Jamar Chase, sprinkle a little two. If you get high, maybe throw a little nickel on a three. (laughs) Give me the Bengals minus two and a half. They get themselves right against a team traveling cross country on Monday night. Give me the Bengals minus two and a half at home against the Rams. Okay. Wow. 
I'm going to go with uh, one of the first, I believe, of the season to take this one with two high-powered offenses rolling into East Rutherford on Sunday at 1 o'clock, your New England Patriots and your New York Jets, and give me the motherfucking under of that game. It's 37 I'm seeing. There's two shitbag offenses with pretty two with two pretty good defenses. I think that game is going to be an absolute fucking snooze fest. Give me the under 37 Jets at home against the Pats. Wow, taking unders. That is not a people or a crowd pleaser. But Sunday unders. But money is money. Someone's got to do it. All right, guys. I actually am a little proud of us. Like, one thing we haven't talked about, one thing no one did, but I'm going to fucking do it. There are absolute, like, the most lopsided matchups, a collection of lopsided matchups I've ever seen in one week in the NFL. You have the New York Giants going to San Fran without Saquon Barkley. That is a 10-and-a-half spread. Um, I'm not going to – I mean – that, that's not as bad. I'll, I'll save that one for like last because it's like an honorable mention. You have the Chicago Bears who are a literal dumpster fire right now. I don't know what's going on with their front office. Fields is like blaming coaching for his robotic play. There's like rumors of like FBI raids going on uh, for like their coaches. You have their defensive coordinator resigning. The, that Bears team goes into Kansas City with a 12-and-a-half point line, absolutely monster line for week three for two NFL teams. Then you have the hottest, arguably the hottest team in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys going to uh, arguably the worst team in the NFL, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. They are a 12-point favorite, 12-and-a-half. Um, and then the honorable mention I was going to say was the Bills going to Washington, which is not – uh, as crazy of a line or as big of a blowout as you would think, but definitely some lopsided things on paper. And in the spirit of just being a Detroit Lions fan and wanting to kick a rival while they're down, I am going to take this Chiefs line of 12 and a half. Uh, I think it's one of those where you say that's too big of a line, but I think it's one of those where it's just that big of a line that it's going to be that ugly of a game, like a 38 to 10, 38 to 7 type deal. Kansas City Chiefs have no excuse not to beat the living piss out of the Chicago Bears. Give me the Chiefs uh, minus 12 and a half. I'm with you on that one, Frank. That's going to be a fucking barn beat down. I don't see how it's not. I, after this week they're having, it just makes no sense to me. Um, Lou, I like your uh, train of thought, though. I think on Sunday last week, only one under hit. So you're using the law of averages to now taken under this week as we should see more unders than overs that's it that actually went into my pick Chandler so thank you for bringing that up no I don't think it did but you're welcome for justifying your pick the Houston Texans are eight and a half point dogs going into Jacksonville and then you have who are the Colts the Colts got some fucking shitty matchup too they're playing the Ravens and they're seven and a half point dogs I mean just these spreads are just huge for week three Mm -hmm. absolutely huge uh, last note on this, there's a very fun bet. If you want like a fun bet, I kind of forgot about this bet. And then my buddy reminded me of it. It's a great Thursday night football bet, but not for this week. Thursday night football, you know, they're normally slow, sluggish games for whatever reason, bad teams play on that night. It's no team to score three consecutive times in a row. Um, and 
the, it's actually a fun bet because every time someone new scores, it's like the bet resets and you feel like you've won every time that the bet comes along. So if you want to play along with this fun bet, Sunday night football is the perfect game for this bet. You have the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the, the Las Vegas Raiders, two very bad teams just trying to keep the ball in front of them. For, for either one of these teams to try to put three scores together consecutively uh, is going to be pretty tough. So if you want a fun bet, no team to score three consecutive times, Steelers, Raiders is a good one. Honorable mention for that bet, Browns, Titans. Side note before we pivot into our game is, did you guys see that bet on FanDuel that hit this week? The yes, 200 uh, to 1. That was crazy. 200 to 1, every team to make a field goal on all the Sunday games. And the controversy around it was DraftKings had it at 125 to 1, and some other sites were offering it as low as 30 to 1. FanDuel somehow screwed up their algorithms, offered it at 200 to 1, and from what I heard today, took a $20 million loss um, because so many people took that bet on Sunday. Darn, I feel so bad for FanDuel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gave him about that same amount because Gibbs didn't score a fucking touchdown. <laughs> Fuck. Frank's living up HQ now. Yeah, I am. I seriously am. Um, okay. Good shit, boys. Good picks. Um, so we're going to do a snake draft of, of dog breeds. But the reason we're doing that, I wanted to share this story. And uh, I don't know who knows it, who doesn't know it. But I feel like it's been kind of under wraps. Um so today, in the Gross Point Shores neighborhood of Michigan, they voted four to three to ban pit bulls. A breed-wide ban of pit bulls has happened in Gross Point Shores. Okay, sounds pretty on brand for uh, for that community to do something like that. But let's dig a little deeper. The reason this happened is because Detroit Lions running back. David Montgomery's dog um, bit his pit bull, bit a, another dog's legs so hard that it had to have the leg amputated. So, yeah, bad stuff, like really bad stuff. So let me pull this thing up. I got some deets for you guys. Um, but essentially that was voted on today. And let me read you just a little bit of the details. Uh, this caused a lot of controversy within, within the Gross Point Shores community. Um, so here we go. Lola, beloved by Montgomery's girlfriend, Tatum Causey, caused far more serious injuries when the dog escaped in June from the house um, that the two had just moved in two days prior, according to city officials. Lola's vice-like jaws bit a cockapoo so hard that the canine victim needed a leg amputated. Its owners, Mark and Dana Owen, had been walking their pooch in front of the Montgomery's house. They also suffered injuries as they tried to extract their pet from the attacker. Uh, according to the lawsuit filed, they are seeking damages from Montgomery and Causey. After the attack, Lola's owners agreed to have their dog euthanized. City officials said before Tuesday's meeting. Under the city's existing blah, 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 blah. Um, and the surgery cost $16,000. So definitely, Ooh. yeah, definitely a sad note. Um, 
this is not like an uplifting story whatsoever. Uh, and once you hear that story, you kind of think about your dogs, you think about your pets, and you're like, man, maybe I agree with the ban, but I absolutely like do not um, at all. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, the only, I mean, I don't know. You know, David Montgomery is a millionaire. This is a very, very unfortunate event. I just feel like if it happened to me, which is like a crazy scenario, I wouldn't need another dog to die and to ban that breed of dogs from my neighborhood. I would probably just say, hey, you're a running back in the NFL. I, I need like a lot of money. I need like a lot of, a lot of money. That, that's just me. That's my thought on it. Love to hear your guys' thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that all, every other dog owner that owns a pit bull should have to suffer because one owner didn't properly train their dog. And like you said, Frank, like I would definitely be ans- asking for a, a, a big load of money. And unfortunately, it's like you can't you can't risk the dog being out there. What if that was a little kid? What if that was, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't True. another dog like it could have killed somebody like unfortunately if you don't if you have a pit bull you have to train it properly and and i've been around a ton of pit bulls in my life and they're 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 not bad dogs it's all about who your owner is how you train them and and being an nfl player i'm sure he's not home all the time he's not fucking taking care of it all the time he probably has somebody that does a lot of it for him if you don't do it right especially with that type of dog breed it, it has a short leash and 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 dude they're fucking they can they'll kill you you know they have they have yeah. the lockjaw so yeah it's not, very, un- you know. very unfortunate. And um, I, I don't even know what the equivalent is. It, it can't be racism because they're not different races, but to just ban a whole breed, like what, what happens if you're a current pit? Like, I, I don't so, understand what happens to the current so pit bull owners. The current, the current pit bulls are grandfathered in. I, that's in the article okay. as well. So current oh, pit are. bulls okay. are grandfathered in. You have to get them registered. Um, the racism piece is definitely interesting. It's a very popular breed with African-Americans. It's Gross Point Shores. You know, there's a lot of questions being asked of what's the real motivation behind banning the pit bull, you know, and is it just one dog biting another dog or is there, you know, deeper shit involved? Um, that's not really yeah. this type of podcast, but no. it's definitely something noted in the article that I yeah. have shared with you guys. Yeah, I think my point is just like, how can you? What's the word for it? Breedism? Like <laughs> you, you're banning a, a a breed? Like like Lou said, like it doesn't matter to me. the The breeded dog doesn't matter. It's the person who's training and owning the dog. And you can have mutts that go wild and rip things up. You can have the nicest pit bulls and Rottweilers and Dobermans on the earth. It's up to the owner and his or her responsibility, no matter how big, how small, you are the parent of that dog. And it's unfortunate that one incident, I, I don't know, maybe there's more stuff to this. Maybe it's a string of incidents. But from what I'm gathering, from what you told us, um, it seems like this one incident triggered it. And I, I don't, it doesn't make much sense to me that one incident can dictate a, a whole citywide ban on what to me is a choice for an individual to make. Yeah. And I mean, they put the dog down. Like that was probably, you know, like they put the dog down. What now did they have to, now they have to be the, 
the family that caused the ban of the entire breed too, you know, um, I'm sure they're mm -hmm. paying for all the surgeries and everything. And there is a court case. They're being civilly charged and everything. And it's just a bummer. Like, I feel like this has not been covered a lot, which I'm actually happy about. Like, I don't like, we don't need to beat this guy up about this. Like this sucks. Um, but it's just interesting. Like, it was funny you said today, Chandler, like, did you see they banned pit bulls in Gross Point Shores? And uh, I was just like, dude, that was David Montgomery. And you had like, you didn't even know because like, I feel like it just hasn't been talked about. So I hope, I hope David's like liking it here. It sounds like he moved into his house. This happened, had to put his dog down. Now he's already injured. Like, whoo, hate hearing that. Bad string, bad string of luck. Thanks. We're with you, Monty. The Fizz Army's with you. Always, buddy. Always. Um, so didn't mean to bring it down there, but it was the lead into our snake draft, <laughs> which is the dog snake draft, which we're going to do here. Um, so everyone knows how snake drafts works. We just, we pick our dogs, um, we build our teams, and then we talk about who's got the best one. So, um, who should go first? How should we do this? Where's your shitty wheel, Frank? Oh yeah. My shitty wheel. I can pull up my shitty wheel. All right. Hold on. Pulling up the shitty wheel. There we go. Pick up the wheel and let let it be known. Like I actually studied for this because I'm like not a big dog person and I can't identify dogs. Um, I had to like look up what a dog of a certain breed looked like. Obviously, you have your five or six that you know, but like there were several that I liked what the dog was. I just didn't know what it was called. Yeah, I think that's normal for most people. I had to look up the actual names of a few. I know them by like okay. Pizzo, sh shut up, Pizzo. Shake yeah, Pizzo's like, uh, he's like living out in the woods with one. Yeah. <laughs> like a wolf. He's going to take guy. like a wolf. Hey, fucking dog guy. All right. He eats his Nothing dinner wrong like with a being dog. a dog guy. I'm spinning the wheel. First pick. All right, wheel spinning. Spins way too long. Okay, like there's three names. It shouldn't spin this long. <laughs> oh, bullshit. Oh. That's a different, that's a new wheel. It's a new wheel. It does stuff. Wow. Pizzo, Pizzo gets first pick. Wow. Pizzo gets first pick. Right. Let's see who gets second pick. Hold on. Okay. It's going to spin for a minute again. All right. Yeah, this is a new wheel I don't normally use. It spins for way too long. Can you explain how it works? Yeah, so I put the names in. <laughs> I got second pick, you fucking cock. So... <laughs> <laughs> so what, like all the viewers that are listening like a Mario mini game. <laughs> yeah it did well Chandler gets last pick and he doesn't even like dogs so I think that's pretty fucking fitting Chandler's lead it off guy. dog draft dog draft alright yeah I'm gonna go with the fucking all American dog dude number one the golden retriever family oriented cutest puppy you can take him hunting you can have him guard your kid you can have him you can ride him when you're little they're amazing. They're soft. They're friendly. They're cute. What's not to like about them? Give me the golden retriever. They really are um, really good dogs. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty obvious what I'm going to go with here. Uh, I'm taking the English Bulldog. Uh, that is that is what Hank is. Uh, they've been my favorite dogs forever. The hockey team I grew up playing on was the Bulldogs. I fucking love them. Uh, I will say they are the complete, complete opposite of a golden retriever. Uh my two of my really good buddies have golden retrievers and the when they listen like just their listening and like them obeying you blows my fucking mind 
Like when you tell them to do something and they fucking do it. Cause Hank and English Bulldogs like go out of their way to just not listen to you whatsoever. But do the opposite of what you tell them. Exactly. Um, so I'm taking the meatball English Bulldog second overall pick. All right. I'm going to go with it since we talked about him. Number three overall, I'm going to go with the pit bull. I think the pit bull is a great dog. Um, I think it's kind of got that American muscle. Um, All the pit bulls I've ever met, everyone always gives them a bad rap. They're always very nice. Um, Every stereotype that's said about them is not really true. I like how smooth they are. And I just think they're cool dogs. I really do think they're cool dogs. So I'm going to go with the American. I like the Newfoundlands, big boys, 100-plus-pound dogs. Um, you know, they're very uh, – my aunt had a couple when I lived with her, and they're, they're, they're companions to you. The one bad thing about them, since they're so big, their lifespan's a little shorter. It's like 10 to 12 years as compared to getting into the teens with a lot of other breeds. But really playful, really gentle dogs, although they're 110 pounds. I'll go with the Newfoundland with my second pick. Dope. I um I cut out there. Uh or I froze. I don't know why I'm fucking freezing. Uh but Chandler did say my favorite note about pit bulls that he kinda like scooted by real quick was uh that they're smooth. He likes that they're smooth. <laughs> and I thought that nice was and smooth. Great. Yeah, I like that. Um speaking of smooth dogs, very close to a pit bull, uh, but slightly different. For my pick, I am gonna take a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Pizzo, you know what that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't, you fucking liar. Bull Terrier. Yeah, dude, look them up. They rock. It's like in between like – They're kind of like a pit bull. Yes, they look like a pit bull, but they're a little like – They have sp- the pointy ears. Yeah, they're smaller – and okay, Frankie Westminster. A lot of Latinos <laughs> like the, like the yeah, dude. Terriers. They're great dogs. They're they're cute little guys. They're like a they're like a mix between a pit bull and like an American bulldog. Like they're pretty bad. They're ugly. Whatever, dude. You guys fucking suck. I love those dogs. <laughs> Staffordshire. I love that dog. Frank's having Frank's, Frank and Hank are going to be trotting at the Westminster this year doing their tricks. No, dude, Hank would take a dump right in the middle of the floor and then lay the, down. Yeah, and then, like, yeah, he's not fucking winning. A bulldog did win that though, like a few years ago. Well, with my second pick, I am going to go with the Winter Wonderland workhorse. Give me the Husky. Wow, Jug. Absolute jug. Did I mention that they were a jug? <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. Give me the winter workhorse, the husky. You're up again, fuck boy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> On the back to back, I'm going to go with the other jug, the bigger jug, the American Great Dane. It's actually not oh, the American, wow. but just the regular old Great Dane. Big, they look intimidating. They're actually super friendly. Good guys. Short lifespan, like Chandler said, but very good guys. Not quite as smooth. A little <laughs> a little braille. <laughs> but give me the bigger jug and the great day. Shut up. 
Dude, Great Danes, Great Danes like freak me out. They're so fucking big. They freak me out. They're too big. Great Danes are too big. But I will say, Pizzo, I had Husky on the list, but I did have a backup just in case the Husky got taken, which it did. Very close to a Husky, but honestly a little bit bigger, a little bit furrier, the Alaskan Malamute. Those things <laughs> fucking rock. Chandler has no idea what these dogs are, and it's fucking <laughs> hilarious. The Alaskan Malamute rocks. That's what I'm taking for my last pick. Holy shit. Yeah, check Alaskan it. Dude, they're, Malamute, they're like fucking Staffordshire wolves. Bull Terrier. <laughs> they're like wolves, dude. Can you imagine this having like... Nova Scotian Peabody. I mean, what the fuck is going on, man? This is... <laughs> I'm looking all these up as you guys are... are you As you're saying your breed, so... R.I.P. to one of the OGs in the game. Uh, my wife's dog had her for a long time. Um, she was a Yorkie Shih Tzu. She's not a Yorkie, and she's not a Shih Tzu. She's a Yorkie Shih Tzu. I'm going to go with Yorkie Shih Tzus as the, my third best breed. It's a personal pick. They're not that smooth. They're kind of hairy, but at the end of the day, um, Pebbles was a great dog. And I don't care what, if it is or isn't the best breed, I'm paying my respects to my dues. I respect, jug. We respect the hell out of that. Dude, Pebbles is a fucking jug, and we know it. <laughs> Everyone should know that Pebbles is a fucking jug. Um, great drafts. Um, great drafts. You know, all dogs go to heaven. All dogs rock. Um, so good, good picks there. Pizzo gets a golden retriever, a husky, and a great Dane. Um, I got an English Bulldog, a Stavisher Bull Terrier, an Alaskan Malamute, <laughs> and Chandler's got a Pitbull, a Newfoundland, and Pebbles the fucking Yorkie Shih Tzu, who, who rocks. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, Great. Can you please post on Champagne this week a picture of an Alaskan Malamute and see how many people call it that? <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah, I actually am just going to post on the story and say, "What's the what breed is this dog?" And see, and everyone's going to say husky. Everyone, will everyone say, will know. It's everyone just will... a big husky. It's <laughs> yeah, all it is. Staffordshire Bull Terrier. <laughs> Dude, people are going to know these dogs, man. I don't care. I know my dog knowledge. Sorry I prepared for the fucking bit and you just like, you know, fucking you fucking just said Pitbull because we were talking about it. You were like, like so fuck off, Chandler. Sorry I did my research. Yeah, you may have studied the Lions defense. But I studied my dogs. All right. So Scooby-Doo honorable mention. Yeah, we're going to do cartoon dogs next week. I think there's going to be a dog account. All right. So Jerry... So remember last week, Jerry, like, forgot the over-unders? Yes. Um, Pizzo wasn't here. No, uh, yeah, I missed that. Jerry's been 100% when I'm here, so just saying. Yeah, but he sent them, like, at, like, 11 that night and was like, did I miss the fizz? And I was like, yeah, dude, you missed it. You know you did. <laughs> yeah, you know like, you did. I don't know why you're asking that <laughs> dumbass question. Um, so we're using his from last week. He said they'd still work. I haven't looked at them, so we'll see if they okay. actually do work. If they don't, he just sucks. Um, so <laughs> LGRW from Jerry, we're going to start. Uh, who had last pick in the draft? It was Chandler. Chandy, so Chandler will go. Number Chandy one. Westminster. Yeah. 
He already called me Frankie. Whatever. Anyways, number Frankie one. Stafford Terrier. Yeah, Staffordshire. Grow up. Ball liquor. Ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're recording kind of late. It's getting kind of silly here. Dog draft. We went to like the most depressing story about dogs. Like, all right, let's pick some. Let's pick some teams. <laughs> oh man. Pebbles the jug. All right. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, the neighbor's dog's leg got ripped off. So <laughs> anyway, give me the pit bull. We're like, we're like, yeah. So they banned him. I think it's racist. Is it breedism? We're fucking social. <laughs> Sociology one hundred one over here. Yeah, dude. There's probably so many things wrong with that that whole bit segment. That's not a bit. It's a segment. All right. All right, number one, Chandler. Um, God, this sucks. Jerry's list already sucks. Uh, buying drinking liquor at a sporting event cannot sneak in. Okay, so drinking liquor at a sporting <laughs> event is great, so that's underrated. <laughs> um, I, know some, I know some of us don't buy our stuff at the stadium, but when I do buy liquor at the stadium, it is uh, it is pretty good. Um, so I'm going to say underrated. Is he talking about like sneaking in booze to the game? <laughs> no, it literally it literally says cannot sneak in. Like in parentheses, oh, okay. I, I think what he's saying. I think what he's saying is like we normally drink beers at the game. So okay, how so do you feel about like getting liquor. like a cocktail or like getting? Okay, liquor? I gotcha. Yeah. Is it me or you? I think it's yeah, it's me. Um, okay. I'm just gonna say underrated. Like I've never been mad when I've had some whiskey at a sporting event. Um, granted, I normally get beers. Am I frozen? Am I frozen again? Am I frozen? Fuck, I'm frozen, aren't I? Was I frozen? Yeah. Why am yeah. I fucking yeah, freezing? Back. I you're pay back. so much for this fucking internet. Like this is like the thing that I pay for in this place to not fail is the fucking internet for this podcast. You shouldn't. Have, you shouldn't have tweeted at him. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't have fucking tweeted at him. You're right. I'm getting fucking haunted by it. Liquor at the game is underrated. Normally I drink beers, but I'm not mad at any liquor at a fucking sporting event. Underrated. Go, Pizzo. I'm going to say it's overrated. It's too small of a, a amount, and, like, you always got to get up and get more, and you get fucking charged out the ass for it. It's fucking pain in the ass. Just get a tall boy. Overrated. I actually don't hate that take at all. Like, it, you do finish it in, like, one second. Yeah, you, like, drink all the before you even get to your seat and you're like oh cool i didn't even get a fucking buzz off that all right piso not everyone's trying to get fucking hammered black out at doing? <laughs> <laughs> number two chandler i think or me it's me it's me uh number two <laughs> taking a shit at a sporting event nice <laughs> um yeah, this is like hell. Uh, this is this is like this is overrated, like big time. Um, I I like remember specifically being a kid at Joe Louis Arena and they had the big troughs and then they had like one toilet to take a shit. And I remember my dad and I like I was probably so annoying as a kid, like fighting through like a crowd to finally get to the bathroom. And then I get there and like he's like, all right, get up to the trough. And I'm like, I got to poop. And he's like, oh, well, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. <laughs> And he made me hold it. And then, like, I peed and it just made it worse. It just made me have to poop more. Um, and I remember that as a little kid. It's overrated. It's a nightmare. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go with extremely overrated. <laughs> it, it, it always reminds me of like the Dane Cook skit when he's like everything's fucking soaking wet and there's like a guy <laughs> blasting through the door while you're taking his shit, like shaking it. Like it's wax like, your knee. It's, yes, it's like there's like you're reading <laughs> shitty graffiti while you're trying to take a shit, and it's just like an absolute nightmare. Half the time there's no toilet paper, or you're wiping your ass with fucking sandpaper that they do provide. Fucking nightmare. Overrated. <laughs> Sucks. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I don't know how it could be underrated. It's not, like, <laughs> it's not like it's comfy conditions at a stadium. <laughs> so you got to be sick in the head to say underrated. Uh, I'm going to go with overrated. I did actually, um, unfortunately, take a shit one time at a Tigers game growing up. And uh, <laughs> it wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't in the toilet. It was in my pants. I shit my pants at a Tigers game. That's how Tiger's, overrated it was. At Tiger Stadium growing up. And uh, it's a, an embarrassing story, but something happened. I ate an ice cream and it just didn't sit well. And I shit my pants and I was wearing gym shorts. And my dad threw my underwear away in the bathroom garbage <laughs> and washed my pants, my shorts, in the toilet at Tiger Stadium. Oh. <laughs> I sat in the stall. I sat in the stall and he, and he air dried them under the hand dryer. <laughs> he, he was like, we're not leaving. Like, we're sticking this fucking game out. <laughs> it was such a hot day. It was dried up by about... The sixth inning, but I went commando. <laughs> I went commando off of a shitty pair of shorts that were washed in a Tiger Stadium toilet. Oh, oh my god! Your dad couldn't what a dedicated fan. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say your dad couldn't leave game fifty three. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh god, dude, that is. Fucking- <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I don't know how you could make the underrated argument. I don't know how you could find your way into that one. Um, all right, number three. It was kind of ironic that that was number two. Uh, oh hey! <laughs> <laughs> all right, who's up? Uh, uh, is it Pizzo? Yeah, I think it's me. Buying merch at the stadium over or underrated? Oh. Overrated. I get all my shit from China every year. I get multiple <laughs> jerseys for 30 bucks a pop. I mean, I'm not paying 150 for a fucking jersey when I can get it for 30 and then the numbers rub off in two years. Overrated. <laughs> Why don't you just tell everyone you cheat on your taxes while you're at it? Too? Like, I mean, just come on, man. Um, I'm going to say buying merch at the stadium is underrated um i just went to a rockies game when i was out in denver saw a hat for the first time at the stadium that i i never saw um so i got a hat that i don't think i could get many other places uh at the stadium Uh, i'm gonna say it's underrated yeah the prices are definitely overrated but it the experience is is under is underrated uh like the when you mentally commit to buying something in the stadium, it's exhilarating. I love buying shit in the stadium. Just went to Boston, bought a bought a fucking green monster hat while we were there. It's good. It's fun stuff. Uh, bought a Tigers hat last like last couple of last times I was at the Tigers game. Good stuff. I think it's underrated. It's just too expensive. Um, 
Number four. Support China. <laughs> Number, yeah, he's fucking. I mean, just just a couple of notes from Lou today. You know, like he got the free pretzel that we found out he just stole. Uh, he's he's fucking. <laughs> he, he, frozen. <laughs> God damn it, dude! Ball liquor breed. <laughs> Am I back? He's back. No, Am I on? Back, yeah. This is fucking so stupid. Fuck it. I was making fun of Lou. I don't even care anymore. Number four. <laughs> Number four. Uh, me. Pro mascots. Pro mascots. Um, over or underrated. I gotta say, like. I'm going to go overrated. I'm going to go overrated here. And I think it's just because, like, Detroit sports have kind of, like, a really shitty collection of, of mascots, in, in my opinion. Like, I think Paws is, like, the biggest pussy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, I don't like him at all. He should be vicious, and he's, like, a candy ass. The only thing cool about Paws is that he doesn't wear pants, which is kind of fun, like Pooh Bear style. Um, Rory is like literally forgettable. When was the last time Rory did anything of notable anything? Like he is the most forgettable mascot we got. <laughs> that guy does fucking nothing. Doesn't look cool. Doesn't do anything cool. Um, and then Hooper, Hooper's all right. I think Hooper's actually pretty swaggy. Uh, I like Hooper. Hooper in himself is underrated, but I think overall pro mascots, are overrated. The Red Wings don't even have one because they you gotta you gotta nail it for it to work. It's gotta be perfect. Overrated. I'm gonna go with underrated. Benny the Bull, the Suns Gorilla, the Philly Fanatic, Mr. Met. These are staples of the sports world. The San Diego Chicken. For the Padres, these are things that go hand in hand with sports and sports wouldn't be the same without some of these iconic mascots. Have their have their has their shine rubbed off a little? Yeah, I think they were probably in their prime in their 90s, maybe early 2000s. But nonetheless, mascots are part of the sporting experience. I believe they're underrated. I'm with you, Chandler. Uh, you mentioned a lot of the good ones. And then the, the BYU Cougar guy, I feel like that guy does like 70 back. Not college. Not college, oh, asshole. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you think we wouldn't have brought up Sparty, you dumb fuck? <laughs> well, you know, the guys that Chandler said were pretty cool, too. And then McGregor, didn't he like knock out the uh, heat mascot? God bless him. <laughs> Underrated. Most ridiculous fucking over under we've ever had. Okay, okay, this is this is great. Um, I don't know who's up. I don't know who's up. Me. Okay. Uh, bringing your girlfriend or spouse to a sporting event. Jesus. <laughs> just say it, Chandler. It's okay, I'm, man. I'm just gonna say the whole explanation. Uh, overrated. On me or Frank? <laughs> you, Lou. Oh, overrated. That's that's all I have to say as well. No thanks. <laughs> Underrated. Love my spouse. She's a big sports gal. She loves everything about the games. I, what do you guys want me to fucking say here? Underrated. I'm going underrated just to make you guys look bad. Said, no thanks. <laughs> you said Jesus Christ, like when I, when I said it to you. 
<laughs> Chandler was like, I'm just going to not give an explanation <laughs> under, or overrated. Um, no, dude. Underrated. Oh, shit. I, love, I love going to the games. Honestly, I'm saying underrated. I got to, like, Sarah, Sarah took me to my last game at the Joe. Uh, trying to think of what other ones we did. We've gone to Fenway together. We've had some good times together. I'm going to say underrated. And honestly, her okay. taking her taking me to the last game at the Joe versus Colorado, uh, that's big ups for her. So I'm going to say underrated. And mean. Okay, man. This isn't like, do we love our wives over or underrated? <laughs> All right. Well, that's episode 116 of The Fizz. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. Uh, don't forget to tell a friend. Let's keep spreading this thing. Uh, got a little silly here late Wednesday night, uh, but we appreciate all of you guys listening. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, please rate the show, write a review, share it with a friend. YouTube, we want all the comments, all the likes, all the shares. If you are listening on YouTube or watching us on YouTube, please subscribe, follow on all the socials, visit the store everything in between. Um, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Did I fucking freeze? Yeah, you did. Yeah. This is fucking bullshit, dude. Let's just get off.